Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX WrestleCast, episode number three. And we have a pretty big week. We are gearing up for SummerSlam, which is only a week or two away. Depending when you're listening to us, to this, it may have already passed. I don't know. I don't know why you would watch this, like, way later in the future. Unless you're awesome and you're trying to catch up, I'd really appreciate you. But uh, yeah, dude, we are we are getting closer and closer to SummerSlam. Speaking of summer, it is so fucking hot outside. I can't even, dude. I know I'm I'm just a little bitch Canadian, and 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 there's so much more hotter places out there in the world. But goddamn it, dude, I was out there. I just got back home. It's so fucking hot, man. I'm sweating so bad. I got the undies on. I got a fan on me. Oh, I would kill to, I was debating just fucking sitting in a grocery store and just having the, the and sitting in the freezer section, just fucking cooling off for a second. So if I pass the fuck out midway through this, um, it was a heat stroke and I apologize for that. Um, so let's just fucking get into this shit. We're kicking off this episode with Raw as always, cause that's the first show of the week, unless there is a pay-per-view, which I haven't decided yet how that's going to work. I don't know if I will do a separate video for, or a separate podcast for SummerSlam. I guess it depends how big it is. It is a big, one of the big four pay-per-views for WWE, so it might be pretty damn big. May not be able to squeeze it in a week in review, uh, like last time with Money in the Bank, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so Raw kicks off. We are kicking it off with Titus O'Neil. For some reason, he comes out. He's uh, the new global ambassador for the WWE. Says a whole lot of PR stuff. Uh, kind of got a little uncomfortable, but uh, Titus won the crowd back in the end. Just got them all hyped up. Uh, it was a little awkward. Like uh, I don't know if you guys know, but there is definitely a lot of controversy surrounding the WWE and Vince McMahon right now. Uh, a lot of sexual allegations and and much much more. I don't. I haven't been on top of that story. I don't. I, I usually just don't worry about it until like verdicts and all that shit come out. But uh, I am aware of this and like this to me just seemed like WWE like desperately trying to get ahead of it. Like oh we're not that bad of a company. Look we got Titus. He's our ambassador. Everyone loves him. But I don't know. It just felt a little awkward to me. Out of place. Kind of out of nowhere. After that, we get a Becky Lynch promo. She's calling herself the Big Time Bex Express, uh, laying down lots of train-related puns. It was it was phenomenal. She was doing lots of good. I'm not a pun guy, but you know I, I dug these uh, train puns from Becky. Bianca interrupts her crowd. Absolutely adores Bianca right now. She's quite possibly the most over uh, women's wrestler in the in the in the world right now. She is absolutely on fire. Uh, she comes out. Shuts up Becky with her own train puns. So just train puns flying all over the place. Good stuff. Carmella comes out, chirps Bianca. Then Becky and Mella attack Bianca. And uh, yeah, so that was a pretty great... Se- uh, I wouldn't say a great segment, but a solid segment. After that, we get Bianca versus Mella. This is for the Raw Women's title again. So how many more ma- fucking Raw Women's Championship matches is, is Mella going to get? Uh, Becky Lynch is on commentary here. And oh my god. Dude, she was so fucking good on commentary. She was just busting me up the whole time. Mella and Becky want to get Bianca counted out, so they've been—they're just trying to get her counted out. Because if uh, if uh, she gets counted out, then Mella wins, and I believe she wins the title. They got that gimmick going on. Uh, they get close multiple times, but Bianca 
retains. It was a pretty solid match, not as good as the last one, but I like I I just like these all three of these women. I I I enjoy all three of them. They're they're definitely up there in my top five women in the business right now. Maybe Mella might slide a little outside of that top five, but Becky Lynch and Bianca are without question some of my favorite women's wrestlers in the business right now. Becky and Corey absolutely uh, stole the show on commentary. It was very, very funny. Becky and Bianca have some shenanigans after the match, and that's it for that segment. After that, we get Profits interviewed backstage. They're talking about Jeff Jarrett, MVP, and almost interrupt. They want a match with Dawkins. MVP was being an absolute goofball in this. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. You just have to like watch the segment. But fuck, man, I love, I love me some MVP, man. I wish, I wish he was like. I'm just happy he's back. That's all. I don't really. I don't even need to see him wrestle. I'm just. I just want to hear him talk. After that, we move on to the KO show with his guest tonight, uh, Riddle. KO suggests that they become a tag team because they both recently lost their partners, and Kevin wants to call it Bro KO. I mean, what? Ah, come on, y'all. That's so good. I am loving it. I love Kevin Owens, and Riddle is also a. I, I really like them, and if these two actually became a tag team, I'd be so into it. Riddle does not trust KO, but trusted Randy, so I don't know. Like, Randy Orton has turned on every single person that he's ever been near in the WWE his whole career, and and now he won't trust Kevin Owens. So, yeah, I understand he's not a very trustworthy guy, but you trust Randy, so I don't know. Just, just, just had to make note of that. It was just a little, I was like, oh, that's a little weird. But uh, Riddle is fired the fuck up right now because KO was talking shit about Randy. No one talks shit about about Randy, but Rollins jumps Riddle. That was a hilarious KO show overall. Kevin Owens is the fucking man. That was uh, definitely a highlight of the show for me. After that, we move to a backstage interview with Seth Rollins. He's calling Riddle stupid. Uh, Zeke gets in his face. Seth says that he will stomp his whole goddamn family. He didn't say goddamn, but I said goddamn. There's, they, <laughs> their faces get very close and the tension rises. So uh, they're, they're going to be getting into it a little bit later here tonight. But first, we move on to Damian Priest versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, Judgment Day wants Dominique to join, but mm, they're, they're definitely teasing this. Damien beating down Rey Mysterio. Rey gets his shit in. You know, he's getting his moves in. He gets his, you know, he's been in the business for over 20 years, so he's got to get his shit in. Balor interrupts the 619. Finn and Dom fight outside. Priest gets the win. Finn and Priest grab chairs from the outside. They're going to take Rey's head off if Dominic doesn't join them. Dom says he will, but Judgment Day attacks Dominic and Rey anyway. So, kind of weird, you know, Judgment Day coming out saying we want you to join. Uh, they finally, with, with the help of some, some chairs and some threatening, they get Dominic to say, yes, you'll join. But, you know, oh, that ship has sailed. Not, not good enough. You should have joined when we asked you the first time. So, they beat the shit out of both of them. Matches, whatever, but uh, it's an interesting storyline move, right? Like, I was kind of just expecting uh, him to... I was expecting him to turn tonight, so then we can set up, like, a Judgment Day versus Rey Mysterio. You know, Judgment Day Dominic versus Rey Mysterio at SummerSlam. I think, you know, uh, I don't think the... I don't know. The match will probably be fine because, you know, they're father and son, so there's got to be a built-in chemistry there. But uh, I'm just wait. I just thought this would happen at SummerSlam. It, the swerve itself may actually take place at SummerSlam. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, after that, we get that strange video promo again with the with the gold medals and the Latino Heat, the one that we I was thinking is Edge. Um, but um, the, now I got a new thing. So maybe Edge is going to be bringing back the Brood. 
You know what I'm saying, dog? Like, not that long ago, Edge came out and performed his uh, brood entrance. This, I think it was at fucking WrestleMania. I don't know. It was at a pretty big event. I remember my wife and I losing our fucking shit for, for like, ever since Edge came back, we're like, yo, bring back the brood song. If you haven't heard the brood's uh, entrance song, do yourself a favor, look it up on YouTube. It is hands down one of the fucking coolest theme songs ever created and it didn't get to stick around very often it was an unbelievably cool uh entrance but like the brood in itself wasn't like all that awesome especially when they started talking that was a really horrible fucking segment do yourself a favor look that one up too look up the brood's first uh first time talking or first promo it's 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 hard to watch, man. It's really fucking hard to watch. The only one that came out of that one pretty unscathed was freaking Christian because he didn't say a goddamn word. So good for him. So I'm thinking the brood's coming back. Edge is going to build his own uh, brood, and then he's going to come back and take on the Judgment Day. So that's what I'm thinking it is. I have no idea, though, but that's what it looks like because he's the only guy that has that's had interactions with, like, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, like, it has to be a guy that's been around when all those dudes were around, so I'm thinking Edge, but if you guys have any ideas who it is, you know, fucking hit me up at uh, Twitter, you can now follow us, uh, follow the show on Twitter at GXPodcast93, that is GXPodcast93 on Twitter, go ahead and uh, follow the show, yeah, that's what you do on Twitter, you follow. Okay, so after that, we're moving on to a match with uh, Seth Rollins versus Ezekiel. Now, uh, I just want to say a thing about Ezekiel. Like, I'm fine with Ezekiel, but the thing is, like, I don't understand why they, they stopped doing um, Elias, man. Like, Elias was literally one of the most over guys on Raw in the company. Uh, he got absolutely dynamite crowd interactions every single time he came out he would sing a, a song like uh, with all new lyrics every week ripping up the city you know making fun of the fans making fun of their sports teams and all that good shit it was extremely entertaining and then he gets hurt or he goes off on tour or whatever and then he comes back and now he's this fucking Ezekiel guy pretending to be uh, Elias's brother. I just don't understand it, man. Like, every time a character gets hot, they decide we're just gonna change everything about them. If they got a good thing going on, oh, let's change their name, change their gimmick, and it just makes no fucking sense. I'm fine with Zeke, but I don't know why. What was wrong with Elias, man? Like, Elias was literally so popular, and now Zeke, like, he's doing fine. It's just, like, the crowd is was nowhere, nowhere near as into him as they were Elias, and, like, they, they brought Elias in. He came back dressed up as Elias, but, like, the, the magic's gone, man. It's fucking gone. I don't know why they do this all the time, but anyway, let's get to the match. So, Zeke takes a solid kick in the face, like, a legitimate kick straight to the face. Uh, a very fast-paced wrestling, but Zeke was kind of struggling to keep up with Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins is one of the best in the business, if not the best. Like, he's definitely up there. He's an extremely amazing wrestler. Uh, but I, I just noticed that Zeke was kind of struggling keeping up with him. But th the pace was pretty goddamn fast. We get a very nice springboard into a flying knee by Zeke. That was a really nice counter. We get the Seth Rollins superplex into the Falcon Arrow combo. One of my favorite moves in, the in, in all of wrestling. I just fucking love that move. It's so awesome. Seth hits the stomp for the win. Goddamn, man, this was a good match. I honestly really enjoyed this match. I gave it a 7 out of 10. So there's there's that. It's nice to see a ranking again on a on a WWE show. It's it's been a hot minute. Uh, but but as but, but saying that, every Seth Rollins match is a good match. I mean, standard, those matches are generally going to be a 7 out of 10 cuz Seth Rollins, he's the fucking man. After that, you get Judgment Day. 
uh, they're setting up Judgment Day versus Rey Mysterio next week at Madison Square Garden for Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary in WWE. So obviously, Judgment Day is going to come out there and spoil the party. Maybe Rey Mysterio or uh, Dominic turns at Madison Square Garden. That would possibly get a massive reaction out of that Madison Square Garden audience. So uh, we'll keep our eyes open for a possible turn here. Finally, on Rey Mysterio. We move into a match with uh, Almos versus Dawkins. Usos are on the are outside the ring watching. Montez is screaming his head off on the outside, trying to distract Almos. It was really enjoyable. MVP gets caught tripping. Tripping Dawkins. I was just going to say get caught tripping, but he was tripping Dawkins. Ref calls for the DQ. Match is over, but fucking here comes Adam Pierce. I dislike Adam Pierce immensely. I don't know why they want to build a character like who is literally the most copy and paste every single PR representative, every single PR person, like the most hated fucking people in your company. Like PR people are not on your team, man. Like they're put there to make sure that the company doesn't get in trouble, not to make sure that your quality of life is any better. And that's exactly who Adam Pierce's character is. I fucking hate him. Uh, he impersonates Teddy Long. We're going to have ourselves a tag team match player. Holla holla. Uh, then we move into the tag team match. Almost an MVP. Who MVP is in a full suit at this point. Still, he's not at all dressed for wrestling. They're going up against the Street Profits. Almost doing a slow, clunky, terrible offense. MVP getting in there, getting himself some well-dressed work in. It's nice to see. Gives the crowd a ball in, and the crowd fucking gave gave it all gave it all for that one. They remember. Everyone remembers the ball in. Everyone still loves MVP. Come on now. Uh, everybody loves this. Almost is too much for Montez. Uh, a one count uh, for a super kick into a splash combo from Montez. Uh, almost kicked out at one on that one. Usos interfere. Almost and MVP are DQ'd again. Profits are beaten down. Whatever match, but good heat building for uh, the match uh, between the Profits and Usos. That's probably taking place at SummerSlam. That should quite possibly be the match of the whole entire show so i'm looking forward to them having uh, another match at SummerSlam. i'm hoping that this time it's going to be the profits coming out uh i really can't see them not winning it this time but we'll just have to fucking wait and see we move into a match with theory versus aj styles now that sounds like a really fucking cool match on paper but theory Versus the what chance he tried his best, but the crowd beats him this week. So Theory was trying to cut a promo, and the crowd is wadding him into oblivion again, like they do every week. But this time, uh, Theory does, you know, not necessarily a thing that maybe other wrestlers would tell him to do, but he goes at the crowd about the what chance. They are now wadding him absolutely like so loud, so much. So I think this week the crowd got the better of uh, Riddle. He really looked like, I don't know if he's like playing it up or something, but he looked legit pissed. Like he's starting to get really fucking sick of the what chance. So, you know, he's got to work through it, man. He's going to work through it. I think he's very talented. I think he's going to, he's going to make it through on the other side just fine. Uh, AJ comes out, cuts his promo versus Theory. They have an actual. They actually have a pretty uh, entertaining back and forth. It was pretty good. What chance were so were so loud? A wild zigzag appears. Dolph Ziggler comes out again. You know he came out last week. We really don't know what he's doing. Uh, long promo segment, but I liked it overall. Match finally begins. Theory almost dropped AJ Styles onto Dolph Ziggler, who's on the outside watching the match. Dolph then crushes Theory with a super kick. Theory ends up getting counted out, and AJ Styles wins the match. 
The match was all right. I'd like to see them fight again. And we still have no idea what Dolph Ziggler's intentions are. Like, is he trying to steal a money in the bank from Theory? Are they going to work into a program with that? I have no idea. Like I said last week, I'm just happy to see Dolph Ziggler getting involved again on the show because he's way, 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 way too talented to not be utilized at all. Uh, after that, we move to another tag team match. Six-woman six tag team match. Got Asuka and Alexa Bliss and Dana Brooke versus Nikki, ASH, Dewdrop, and Tamina. Uh, Tamina, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't even know. Like, if she wasn't a, genera- or a third generation, second generation talent, uh, she's in the family bloodline with uh, The Rock and, and uh, Roman Reigns and the Usos and all them. If she wasn't in that family, man, there's no way this this woman is wrestling on 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 in WWE or even wrestling anywhere other than like really low end indies. I think she is uh, uh, very untalented. She's been around for so fucking long, I, and I have not seen her improve one little bit. Uh, she's a nice person in real life, absolutely. I just don't get the Tamina thing. She's such a confusing person because she's not big enough to be a monster, which they've tried numer- numerous tra- times to make her into a monster woman, but it never works because she's not big enough. She's not strong enough. She doesn't like have that in her, and she's not like athletic or like gifted enough to like be a technically sound wrestler her characters always suck she rarely says a word so i just don't get it and the dana brooke as well while while we're on the topic of these women dana brooke fucking sucks dude i hate her character she sucks um probably not her fault i mean she's been doing all these terrible gimmicks uh just really not been given much of an opportunity i i felt like they were strapping the rocket to her like a year ago and now she's just stuck with um that fucking Reggie guy that does all the acrobatics, terrible, and she's stuck in that, oh, the 24-7 thing. We'll get into that in a second. Um, Goddamn. Okay, here we go. Dana trying to get the crowd hyped up, but no one gives a shit. Tazawa pins Brooke for... So Tazawa pops out from underneath the ring. Uh, Dana Brooks is the current 24-7 champion. Tazawa pops up, rolls her up for the pin. Then literally every single woman in the match, like, I don't even remember how the sequence went down, but... Uh, Nikki pins and gets it. Tamina got it. Uh, Alexa Bliss got it. Dewdrop got it. Fucking everybody involved got their hands on that 24-7 championship. And then it goes all the way back into a circle. Ends back up with Dana Brooke. What the fucking fuck is this shit? What is this shit, dude? Like, I actually liked the 24-7 thing, like, a while ago when it first showed up. It was actually kind of enjoyable. Like, it was, it reminded me of the hardcore championship back in the day. It was just carnage, people running around. Now it's just evolved into this extremely unentertaining, boring, all these just low-end, we don't know what the fuck to do with these people talent, and they just get them involved with this 24 championship shit. And I swear to God, like, if you drag down Becky Lynch oscar any of these women down into that bullshit that 24 7 crap i'm gonna fuck i'm giving up i'm giving up on y'all like this was literally this segment was this was so fucking terrible man i hated this i absolutely hated this i wish i didn't watch it um match is still going on oscar gets the submission on nikki this was fucking horrible i hated this whole sequence i don't i have no idea what the hell they're going for here the crowd was like didn't have much to say about it at all we're all just like what is this crap it's crap man it's just garbage oh okay now we move on to the main uh portion the big thing that we're waiting for all week we get the miz and logan paul segment so the miz comes out he doesn't want to fight uh logan paul Paul says that Miz has tiny blueberry balls. We get into all the ball talk. Miz is fired up, accepts the match against Logan Paul. 
Logan Paul gets the better of the Miz. Then he's jumped by Champa. Excuse me, I got a burp. Or I'm just gonna swallow it. That's what she said. But um, but Paul Logan Paul escapes the attack from Champa and the Miz. Segment was okay, you know, but no one really seems to give a shit about this feud. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if the crowd really gives a shit about Logan Paul. I don't care about Logan Paul. I don't follow any of his stuff. I I'm not really I'm not a fan of his. I don't hate him. He just kind of exists in my world. Um. I don't really care much about the match that they're going to have. We all know that Logan Paul's going to get the win uh, because that's how this shit always goes down. Um, he's not, he's definitely not the worst celebrity we've ever seen. He was okay. Like he's okay on the mic. Like he's, he, he's a fine talker. He's a, he looks like a wrestler. I'm not going to lie. Like he, he looked good next to the Miz. Like his body type is screams wrestler. So he's, he's got it. But I don't know how serious this guy is. It's just, just like a stunt for him to get more subscribers on whatever his platform is like i don't know how serious this guy is he claims he signed a contract we'll have to wait and see um originally i had this raw set as it was a pretty good raw until that fucking 24 7 thing took place so overall i just said it was an all right raw you know you can miss this and you're not gonna miss very much uh, I got highlights for this. This Raw was, without question, Becky Lynch. She's probably always going to be a highlight. She's such a darling. I love her. The Seth versus Ezekiel match was actually pretty good. And the KO show was uh, was a great segment overall. Uh, a couple low lights here. We got the opening with Titus. I don't know. It just felt out of place. Uh, it wasn't, like, bad. I just felt it was a little awkward. Weird. 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 Just weird. And then, of course, that 24-7 title segment was an, an atrocity to this whole show. I, I absolutely despised that segment i hated it all right baby let's go on to uh nxt so last week we have uh well they're starting off this show with a recap of uh cora jade's betrayal on roxanne last week so that's the big storyline coming into this show uh after that recap we get cameron grimes versus jd mcdonough um joe joe gacy is uh up in the crowd watching over the match jd working the knee most of the match grimes has his leg caught up in the ropes jd takes advantage gets the win kind of a men match i mean it was a lot of uh work in the leg a lot of technical stuff lots of holds uh cameron grimes got a little bit fire you know he got a little bit of his offense in there and it was pretty good but overall the match didn't really hit with me after that match we move into Cora Jade comes out and addresses the crowd is addressing the crowd on what she did to her partner Roxanne uh, she says she claims that she's jealous of Roxanne getting all the attention instead of her um, Cora Jade got the you know the rising star award and then Roxanne got it so that built a lot of uh, animosity towards her partner uh, abuses the crowd calls Roxanne a bitch and then so these two are still technically the tag team champions together and uh, Cora Jade she throws her tag team title in the trash can damn uh, this was a pretty damn good heel promo from Jade I'm actually quite impressed I, I really like uh, the the character change in her I'm digging her uh, heel turn absolutely so far so good here I'm, I'm digging it uh, after that, we move into an interview with Zion Quinn. Calls out Apollo Creed for a match set for next week. Okay. Roderick Strong then versus uh, Damon Kemp. Uh, Damon Kemp and Roderick Strong, they're both part of the Diamond Mine, but we got a little bit of infighting happening right now in the Diamond Mine. Roderick Strong is the leader of the Diamond Mine, so he's just trying to show uh, his pupils, uh, you know, put him back in line. Tony, uh, Tony D appears on the Jumbotron. They are attacking the Creed brothers backstage. Roderick takes advantage of the distraction. He pins Kempe, or Kemp for the win. Uh, Kemp was a little, like, 
distraught by that. He's like, what the fuck, man? Our partners are getting attacked. But Roderick's like, you gotta pay attention, man. We're in a match. And he rolled him up. So that's just the veteran being the veteran right there. Uh, this was a pretty solid technical match overall. Um, the interruption. But um, I would like to see these guys in an NXT TakeOver match. I think that would be dynamite. I mean, I love Roderick Strong's wrestling. And so far, this Kemp guy has been really good himself. Uh, Roddy was losing his shit backstage. Uh, uh, losing his shit on the Creeds and Kemp. This was really, really enjoyable stuff. It's it's nice to see Roddy uh, get some of that, get some personality back in there. He's, uh, for the longest time, he was a really dry, kind of boring character. Just, oh, I just want to wrestle for my family. I grew up in a trailer park kind of thing. And then he joined up with Johnny Gargano. He was fucking excellent in that. And now he's in the Diamond Mine. So, uh, a little bit in between. Not as in, not as entertaining as it was in with Johnny Gargano. That shit was excellent. But uh, I like I like him right now. My wife does not like Roderick Strong whatsoever. I don't get it. Uh, she just, just doesn't fucking like him. After that, we move into uh, NXT UK Tag Titles are on the line. We got Pretty Deadly going up against the champions, Briggs and Jensen. I have not talked about Briggs and Jensen yet. They're, um... They kind of remind me, I was thinking about this the other night when I was watching it. They kind of remind me of, I don't know if you guys remember this one. This one's a bit back there, but uh, Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. I don't know if y'all remember them, but uh, more so Trevor Murdoch. He was a... He's uh, the son of a, of a pretty famous wrestler. I don't have his name right now. Like Blackjack Mulligan, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, some badass. But uh, he had a great look. You know, he was a real... Uh, just had a fucking shit-eating grin on his face. Like a real mug mouth. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Just look him up. He was a little chunky, but he had the just real southern hick gimmick going on i i enjoyed it uh lance cade just kind of existed but um these guys kind of remind me of that they're baby faces right now but they're just your typical like country boys like to hang out at the bar getting bar fights kind of deal they're all right uh, pretty Deadly are still rocking the cowboy outfits that they were rocking last week. This is pretty good stuff. Uh, Fallon Henley, who is with uh, Briggs and Jensen, uh, she gets accidentally blasted on the outside by Pretty Deadly. Her elbow is hurt, and she she's going to be fighting in a match later on, or a battle. Oh, is it about? Yeah, women's battle royale later. So that that's uh, important to take note of because she's getting hurt here. Uh, Pretty Deadly working very well together. Pretty Deadly were in full control. When I'm talking full control, they literally had control of this match. I'd say 90% of it, they, they were in full control. Like, absolutely cutting off the, the other side of the ring, preventing uh, the Briggs and Jensen from getting any tags, really. Uh, pretty deadly plant the tag belts in the ring, but it backfires. Briggs and Jensen hit the high-low finisher and retain the titles. Uh, pretty deadly looked way better in this match than Briggs and Jensen. I, I, I did not like um, the way that they're portray the portrayed Briggs and Jensen in this match. They looked like they're they they can't wrestle. Like they got absolutely dominated by Pretty Deadly here, and uh, they got, they squeaked out with a win because of a distraction. So I don't know, man. I I feel I, I like Pretty Deadly here. I figured maybe they were gonna win, but I don't see Briggs and Jensen holding on to these titles much long much longer after a performance like that. Okay, so after that, we move over to uh, Joe Gacy. We are finally going to see who these these uh, hooded men that have been around him for the last numerous weeks we're gonna figure out who they are and who are they i don't know because it's a guy named jagger reed and rip fowler i do not know these men um if anyone knows who they are they've probably been hopping around in the indies somewhere i don't get to keep up with everything wrestling i do not recall ever seeing these guys anywhere um 
Yeah, the one Fowler guy has a really fucked up eye. It looks, I don't know what he's, it's like, it's got to be a gimmick eye. Like he's got a contact in, but it was really weird looking. Uh, so that was a little underwhelming. I was kind of hoping for like, I don't know, dude, if you guys remember Lars Sullivan, I was hoping like Lars Sullivan would come back. I know he had a really shitty thing that he did where he like sexually harassed a woman, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed Lars Sullivan when he was around. Just too bad he was an asshole. It is what it is. After that, we get Wesley is interviewed. He wants Grayson Waller. That uh, After that, we get Braun Breaker comes out. Braun does not like JD McDonough. Then JD McDonough appears on the Jumbotron, gives us a lesson on the anatomy of the human shoulder and all the muscles. This was okay. Uh, it's always good to learn new things. JD is honest to God winning me over. He won me. He was start. He's starting to win me over with the little promo that he did there in the jumbotron. I, I was. It was pretty damn good. He's starting to win me over here. Uh, I didn't enjoy his match earlier on tonight. I haven't seen. I don't recall a whole lot of matches with this guy. Um, but uh, I, I'm starting to really. This guy's starting to grow on me here. So uh, yeah, it was pretty good shit. Um, Solo Sokoa was attacked by Wagner at SmackDown last week. I did not see that, but they showed it here on NXT. So not only were they fighting all throughout NXT, but they brought it over to fucking SmackDown. So what, were they fighting for numerous days just all over the city? Uh, good shit. Diamond Mine then calls out Tony D and, and his people. Uh, or <laughs> Tony D and his people call out Diamond Mine. So I guess those two are going to be getting into it next Okay, so then we move on to Axiom. He's getting his first debut match tonight. Okay, and uh, he's fighting Dante Chen. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, uh, Axiom comes out. He's got this really weird, like, trippy uh, Flash entrance going on. So I don't, if anyone watches the show The Flash, I don't even watch that show. But you know how The Flash, like, runs around in the TV show? He was, like, Axiom was moving around in his entrance like that. It was kind of trippy, kind of cool. I've never seen anything like that. The match begins, uh, Axiom does a bicycle kick and literally lands directly on his neck that looked really kind of uncomfortable, like he could have very well just fucked his neck up. Did not look very good. Running flying kick was his finisher. Uh, meh finisher, I was expecting a lot more out of a luchador uh, for a finisher. An okay, an okay debut, but the crowd was cheering more for like Dante Chen here. They like, they were cheering a little bit, but the cheers were much louder for Dante Chen. So I, I don't know about that one. Um, a mediocre debut for Axiom right there. You know, not not very not very flashy. It was okay. The fall falling on his neck was pretty rough. After that, we move on to an interview uh, with Toxic Attraction. They are asked who they think is going to win the Women's Battle Royale tonight. Uh, we have a Battle Royale set for the main event tonight. Whoever wins that Battle Royale is going to be facing Mandy Rose for the title next. Uh, she says she doesn't care, but she picks Paxley to win. It, okay. Uh, she doesn't really... There's, she got cut off, so she, we don't really get an explanation why. Uh, we, move, we flip over, Cameron Grimes is fucking flipping out backstage, he's losing his mind, he's freaking the fuck out, Joe Gacy tries to talk to him, but Cameron Grimes is in no mood to talk, so are we setting up a Cameron Grimes, is he gonna be joining up with, um, with Joe Gacy here, I don't, I think that would be kinda interesting, cause, cause, can you imagine, like, um, Cameron Grimes starting to like lose his mind a little bit maybe go like a mad hatter route like get that hat back on him and make him like go crazy maybe that'd be pretty entertaining uh then we get to the 
The main event match here, we got the 20 women battle royale for the number one contender match. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how all the women that are in the match, uh, they all just, you know, went to a commercial break. And next thing you know, there's 20 women in the ring. I can't name them all, but let's just get started here. Uh, Zoe Stark is back. Uh, I don't really remember who this lady is, but she has been out since November, so she was gone for like eight months. She was gone for a very long time, but she's back here tonight, so uh, nice to see Zoe Stark back. Uh, all the women uh, circle Cora Jade. Jade runs. She runs away. She runs to the back room. Alba Fire and Lash Legend eliminate each other. Wendy Wu lands on her pillow, saves herself from uh, elimination. That was a pretty cool spot. Stranton eliminated Chu with her own cup. So Chu just uh, giving out a couple nice spots here in this match. Tatum Paxley eliminated herself, saving Ivy on the outside. So uh, Mandy Rose is wrong on her selection. Stratton, Zoe, uh, Zoe uh, Stark Henley, and Nikita Lyons are the final four women in this match. Henley takes out Lyons, and then Lyons right after that is taken out by Stratton. Um, and then we get, we're down to two women. We're down to Strat, Tiffany Stratton and Zoe Starks. I was expecting uh, Nikita Lyons here. Honest to God, I thought she was going to win this match like guaranteed, but we're down to Stratton and Zoe Starks. Stratton looked like her feet touched the floor there. She got, she did like kind of a skin the cat thing, but I swear to God, both of her, her feet touched there, but the ref said, no, you're good. You're good. Starks then eliminates Stratton after some close calls on the outside of the apron. She thinks she's won, but Cora Jade was never eliminated. Jo Cora Jade, she sneaks up, but Starks tosses her out anyway for the win. So after eight months absent, Zoe Starks comes back and wins the 20 women battle royale. She will be facing Mandy Rhodes next for the women's, the NXT Women's Championship. This was a solid ass, this was a good ass ro uh, battle royale match. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. This was a very solid uh, match. I really, really enjoyed it. Some of the spots were really enjoyable. A lot of the women looked really strong. Um, yeah, man, I really enjoyed this uh, Battle Royale. It's good stuff. Uh, this, a solid show overall. Uh, a couple highlights here. We got the Cora Jade uh, heel promo at the beginning was really good stuff. I enjoyed JD McDonough's uh, call out to uh, Braun Breaker. That was some good shit too. And then of course the women, the 20 women battle royale was the highlight of the show. This was really good stuff. And I don't have any high, uh, low lights. So overall the show, the show was good. There was nothing bad about it. Just some mess stuff. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty good NXT overall. I enjoyed myself. Alrighty, now let's kick off with uh, N or not NXT Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, and uh, we're going into Fighter Fest Week Two here. And they, the, goddamn, what can I say about AEW right now? They're on absolute fire. And uh, kicking off Dynamite is Brody King versus Darby Allen. On paper, this sounds amazing, and it sure as fuck was. At the beginning, you get uh, Brody lifts Darby with one hand, like a one-hand lift with a choke. It was uh, very impressive. I mean, Darby Allen isn't a very big guy, but still, you know, like, that hurts. Uh, ridiculous chops from Brody. I mean, I've talked about the chops from Brody King, and, like, again, he is just ripping off flesh, it's, it, it sounds like, every time he chops Darby Allen. Darby Allen then off the top rope just bounces off Brody King. Then he swings him around like a toy, landing hard for Darby. Um, my God, uh, these two for a big versus small guy match. This shit was really good, very entertaining. Uh, they were working the big versus small thing quite a lot. And when I say that uh, Brody swung Darby around like a toy, he grabbed him by the belt and literally just spun him around like and just ragdolled him. It was it was excellent. 
Uh, Darby removes, removes his belt, wraps it around King's feet, and takes him to the outside. Darby hits a brutal cannonball, put, but Brody... Uh, he put Brody in a unique submission after that. Brody fights out, hits his own nasty cannonball in the corner. Both of these cannonballs were nasty. Bro uh, Darby's was off uh, out to the outside, and Brody's did his in the corner. They're both just nasty looking. Brody chokes out Darby to the uh, chokes out Darby to the outside. Darby beats the count, but then gets driven on his head with a nasty Gonzo bomb. Good lord. Brody wins. So he starts choking out Darby again. Sting comes out for the save, but the lights go out and Sting and Alistair Black are face to face. Brody and Alistair attack Sting, but then Miro comes out. Oh my god. I just love that Miro's getting involved with this. I love me Miro. He just stares down House of Black. One hell of an opening match. Was really good. I'm giving this a 7.5 out of 10. I uh, I really enjoy... Uh, Brody King has just exploded on the map for me. Ever since I saw him fight Eddie Kingston or uh, Dean... Dean, he fought Dean for sure in that match, and like, wow, it really opened my eyes to like how unreal this guy is. And I've seen a few clips of him like floating around like in uh, indies and stuff. Like, yeah, dude, this guy is a monster. I'm I'm really digging Brody King right now. After that, we move into a match with uh, Best Friends versus Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley. Uh, we get Chop Fest between Trent and Moxley. Best Friends beating down Yuta. Moxley gets pissed and hums a chair. That was some funny shit. Hot tag for Moxley. He goes absolutely insane, just beating the shit out of uh, best friends. Brutal elbows and stomps uh, for Trent. Uh, the brutal elbows of, of John Moxley lately. Like, oh my god. He's literally just doing, like, UFC mixed martial arts, like, full-on elbows to the side of the head. They always look very brutal, and, and they probably hurt. Chuck Taylor drills Moxley's skull. Mox locks Trent in a figure four on the outside, uh, distracting him. Yuta pins Chuck for the win. It was a solid tag team match. I just thought uh, John Moxley in particular was like a house of fire in this match. I, I enjoyed pretty much everything that he was doing. Uh, the other three were just kind of fine. Uh, Swerve in Our Glory is now coming out for an interview. Crowd is absolutely loving these guys. They love themselves the new champs. They're uh, absolutely going crazy for the both of them. Uh, both of them get their respective chants. You know, uh, All Basket is Glory and uh, Whose House? Swerve's House! It's good shit. I like it. Uh, they thank the fans. Uh, Lee strips down Smart Mark and Tony Nese. Um, they, they come out and interrupt them. Uh, Tony never... Fingers, oh, okay. <laughs> Reading, I read a mistake. Uh, Tony Nice fingers their cake. They came out with a cake and some champagne for celebration. Tony Nice and Smart Mark come out and totally fuck up their cake. Total dickhead move. Uh, they are chirping Kevin Gates, who's a, a, a famous rapper, I guess. He's in the crowd. I don't know who he is, but he's there. Uh, nice gets knocked out by Gates. Mark gets a cake in the face. Pretty fine segment. It was okay. I don't know who that Gates guy is, but uh, he was big and beefy. Uh, no idea who he is. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't follow around with uh, current rap. I, I like my old uh, 80s, 90s, uh, early 2000s rap. Thank you very much. After that, we get uh, Dark Order tries to give Butcher and Blade a t-shirt, but they are beaten down for their efforts. The hand Hangman then comes out for the save. So uh, Dark Order just trying to be nice to Butcher and Blade, but they're having none of it. They get their asses kicked for that. Uh, they're still teasing Hangman. Like, is Hangman ever going to just join the Dark Order? What are we doing there? It's They've been teasing it for so long. Like, he's basically an honorary member, but when's he going to just, like, become the leader of it? Like, it's bound to happen, right? 
We move into uh, Christian and Luchasaurus in a tag team match against the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Luchasaurus beats the ever-living shit out of both of them, but then Christian comes in for the pin. That's just classic great heel Christian stuff right now. Christian comes in, takes all the glory. This was just a squash match, so not a lot to report on the match. Just, uh, you know, uh, Christian just doing his dick heel thing, which is just great. After that, we get uh, Jungle Boy arrives with a chair. Uh, he and Luchasaurus have a big stare down. They're just staring, and we, we're not sure if Luchasaurus is going to attack Jungle Boy. But instead, he lets uh, he lets Jungle Boy go through, and he goes after Christian. He chases Christian with a chair all throughout the crowd. This was a really good segment. I enjoyed that. Uh, looking forward to uh, this rivalry here. Whatever they're gonna do with it, if it if like we don't like now that uh luchasaurus moved over like is he fully heel is he all the way in with christian or is he kind of like maybe he's gonna go back to jungle boy i don't really know i really am enjoying luchasaurus as a heel though or just as like a monster um uh, i just really dig it man I, i'm a big fan of christian right now it's great stuff after that, we get Gun Club interviewed. They uh, challenge Caster to a rap battle coming this Friday, so we'll be talking about that. Cole Carter, who was uh, Stax in uh, the NXT, he was with Tony D. That's what my wife told me and, and noticed. I didn't notice that that was him, but apparently Cole Carter is uh, was Stax in the NXT. He's now here in AEW, and he's having himself a match versus Ricky Stocks. Ricky Stocks putting up his uh, FTW title, which is not a... Um, it's not an official title to AEW, but uh, it's been around. It's been in Taz's group uh, for quite a while now. Uh, used to have uh, Brian Cage was a champion, but Ricky Starks has been holding it for quite a long time now. Uh, during the match, uh, Ricky Starks does a his strutting old school where he like he walks across the top rope and uh, he's just doing like a really kind of like Ric Flairy strut. I just love that. I love that move. It's very cool. Uh, spear from from Ricky Stocks for the victory. He now at this point is the longest reigning FTW champ in history. If you don't know what FTW stands for, it stands for Fuck the World. Uh, it's a title that Taz had way back when he was in ECW. Uh, I, I don't know a whole lot of the history of it other than it's his own personal title that he's been carrying around for a long time. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, the match was all right. Not not very much to it. Ricky cuts a promo after he wants another challenger. Uh, to come out and fight him. So Dan Housen answers the challenge, but Stocks changes his mind and will fight Friday instead. So Dan Housen coming out, he's like, all right, we'll take you on right now. And it's all great and everything. And Ricky's just like, nah, I changed my mind. We'll do it on Friday. Fuck that. Uh, great segment there. After that, we go uh, for FTR. FTR getting interviewed here. Currently holding three different tag team titles. They are currently the AAA, IWGP, and Ring of Honor tag team champions all at the same time. So if you... Uh, aren't aren't on the train of ftr these guys are basically the one of the best tag teams in the business right now they still hold on to that kind of old school style of tag team wrestling very smart methodical but still enjoyable very enjoyable wrestling uh they're not my personal favorite tag team but they're definitely i i like them very much they're very good uh, they are hyping up their rematch against the Briscoe Brothers. Uh, they're going to have a two out of three falls match at Death Before Dishonor, which I believe is this weekend. I'm recording this on Saturday morning. So, yeah, I think it's tonight. I will be watching it. Don't know yet if I'm going to review it or not. I'm going to keep my eye open on it. I'm watching it. And uh, if things are going along really well, if it's really good uh, pay-per-view, then, yeah, I'll start reviewing it, start writing down some notes for it. Uh, this is a pretty – there's some pretty big matches on that card, this being one of them. Uh, this is 
is only the second time that these two have ever fought. And these two are very prevalent, uh, well-known tag teams in the business. And the fact that they've only fought twice. I watched their first match. It was pretty good. I expect this one to be even better because this is two out of three falls match. And I expect it to have a, a very good storyline behind it. And uh, they're going to work very well together. I'm expecting a lot out of this match, not going to lie. After uh, Dax is telling a lovely story about his daughter uh, getting over in a regular heartbeat. Um, it was just a really uh, passionate, well well said story. It really got everybody hyped up. Uh, he wants to win for his daughter. The crowd absolutely loves these two. These two, they're going absolutely crazy for them right now, and rightfully so. They're uh, one of the best in, uh, tag teams in the business, without question. I mean, having three tag team titles in three different companies at the same time—that's saying something. You know what I mean? Uh, Lethal is interviewed backstage, but Christopher Daniels calls him out. I think they're going to have a match on Friday. Uh, Lethal is having a match at Death Before Dishonored against Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor uh, Television Championship. I'm looking re uh, very forward to that match as well. I love both of those wrestlers. And Samoa Joe is uh, top, one of my top five favorite wrestlers right now and of all time. So I'm just happy to see Samoa Joe back in the ring here. It's been a long time since I've seen him fight uh, meaningful matches. And uh, so this, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. After that, we get Kira Hogan and Jade Cargill versus Athena and Willow Nightingale. Uh, I don't know much about Willow Nightingale. I've seen her around. Uh, she's teaming up, teaming up here with Athena, formerly known as um, Ember Moon in the WWE. Uh, Willow Nightingale is uh, interesting. She's a little bit of a bigger woman, but uh, I like her look. I like her. Her gimmick is kind of like really happy, optimistic, so I don't know how long that's going to last, but we'll see. She's fine for now. Uh, we get some nice dives to the outside from Willow and Athena here. Uh, um, oh, we get matching kip-ups from Jade and Athena. So, you know, I don't know if you guys know what a kip-up is. Uh, look it up. They uh, they match up on the kip-ups. Very impressive. Very athletic. Uh, Hathaway gets in Athena's face. That's um, Jade Cargill's kind of manager. He's, he's getting in the face of Athena here. Jade smashes Athena into the stairs, like, really hard. It was really loud. I hope she's fine. Uh, Jade hits Jaded on Willow for the win. It was an okay tag team match. Not much. Uh, it's more about the story building between Athena and Jade Cargill right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to them having a, a match one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. After that, we go to an a interview with Thunderstorm. Thunderstorm will defend her title next week uh, against Britt Baker, talking trash to her. That should be a really good match. Looking forward to that. Uh, really big fan of Britt Baker. And I like Thunder Rosa. So, yeah, it should be on paper a pretty good match here. Oh, God. Okay, so now we're moving into the main event, the main attraction. Uh, oh, excuse me, the main attraction of this Dynamite, as you know. Last week, there was an announcement for a barbed wire everywhere death match. And here we are. We are here. It is time for the barbed wire everywhere death match. And make sure you call it a death match because they're really, really putting emphasis on the death match part. And it was definitely a death match for sure. And it's Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Goddamn, what more can I ask for? I love the both of these guys. So. I don't think we're going to get disappointed here. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society is locked in a, in a shark cage. Uh, shark Week is coming up. It's also being hosted by The Rock. That's really fucking interesting. Uh, they throw in the shark cage here because of Shark Week. So, yeah, that's really cool. Just had to had to say it. So, this match starts. Goddamn. Oh, God. There's a, there's a lot to dig it. There's a lot to get to here. Uh, Eddie, Eddie attacks Chris with a barbed wire covered microphone right out of the gate. Like, before anyone can even get ready, he's already... Uh, 
Eddie already attacks Jericho with barbed wire covered things. It's amazing. Jericho is bleeding instantly. He's already cut open. I mean, we knew there was going to be blood in this match, but literally the first attack, we got blood. It's great. Chris hits Eddie with a barbed wire covered ring bell. I mean, everything in this match is covered in barbed wire. Like, they are not kidding about the barbed wire everywhere. It is everywhere. Chris thrown into barbed wire, into the barbed wire ropes, then a barbed wire chair to the back. Um, I just need to mention, um, I don't know if people have watched the original uh, Barbed Warrior match back in like 96, 97 in ECW. That match, literally, they removed the ring ropes and replaced it with barbed wire. This match is a little bit different. They have the actual ring ropes there, but they wrapped them in barbed wire. So still very dangerous. Uh, more real, more uh, just safe overall than that the way that they did it back then in ECW if you haven't watched that match go fucking watch it it's absolutely fucking insane uh but back to this match uh after the barbed wire to the chair uh barbed wire chair to the back we get a Frankensteiner onto the barbed wire table for Eddie Kingston then takes a back suplex onto it Jesus Christ dude the the spots in this are everything is involving barbed wire they are not shying away from the barbed wire whatsoever walls of Jericho onto the barbed wire Eddie's back is just a bloody mess at this point Jericho's still bleeding like a stuffed pig Jericho suplexed through a barbed wire table to the outside. Chris is all caught up in the wire. It's just brutal. Ty Conti then comes out. Ruby Riot is here. I just need to mention that Ruby Riot is is holding the controls to um, the shark cage that is that is uh, over top of the ring right now, holding the Jericho Appreciation Society. Just forgot to mention that. Anna Jay then comes out uh, to help, but then turns and attacks Ruby Riot. So now. Uh, Anna Jay apparently going uh, teaming up with the Jericho Appreciation Society, I guess. That's uh, interesting. They uh, then take control of the shark tank and release the Jericho Appreciation Society, but there's a problem with the door, I guess, and like they couldn't get the door open, so they just squeezed out of the side of the cage. Um, looks like some of them couldn't all they couldn't all get out. It was really funny. Uh, they all jump Eddie Kingston, then reinforce reinforcements come to help. Exploder suplex through the barbed wire table. We get a near fall there. Jericho gets hit in the face with a barbed wire chair. He actually breaks his nose on that. Um, it was kind of a botch a little bit like Eddie was just trying to like you know hit him controllably with the chair but it kind of loses control and the bottom of the chair just smacks Jericho right in the nose and it broke his nose he's an absolute bloody mess at this point his nose is just leaking um match continues anyway we get a lion salt countered by throwing a chair at him it was excellent straight out of ECW Eddie wraps Chris in barbed wire, locks him in a submission. Guevara comes out. He breaks it up. Then Chris hits Judas Effect with barbed wire wrapped around his arm for the victory. Holy fucking shit. Eddie explodes, grabs Chris Jericho, and throws him into a bed of barbed wire. Just a massive, this massive bed of barbed wire just laying out there in, in the in the on the floor on the outside. He just tosses Chris into it. He's completely just engulfed in barbed wire. He's wrapped all up in it. It's just gruesome uh the show actually ended there but i did see some more footage after of, of chris getting released here uh after the match chris had to get cut out of the barbed wire with huge wire cutters he's stretchered out and he's doing his chris jericho selling the whole time just ah oh, god oh it hurts so much ah oh, jesus god ah oh, god oh it's so great it's so good now without question he's obviously like he is hurt legitimately but i don't think like 
more than the scrapes, cuts, and bruises, he's he's gonna be fine. It's not like he's gonna miss a whole shitload of time or anything. Uh, holy fuck. Uh, what a match, dude. What a fucking match. You know, the only downside of this match is that it was on free TV and there were pay-per-view, or uh, sorry, not pay-per-view breaks, but commercial breaks throughout it, which kind of hurt the the momentum of the match a little bit, but still, this match was incredible. Uh, a great match. I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10. This is a must-watch match. If you love yourself a good death match, if you love... Um, old school ECW man, you you got an itching for it, and you're not in on AEW. Uh, let's get get in the pool now while it's hot. It's it's never been hotter. The wrestling in uh, AEW and all around it is incredible. You get yourself a barbed wire everywhere match, the first one of its kind, and it was excellent. I love the match. Uh, eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, it's uh, that's the highest rated match I've I've rated so far while doing this podcast, and over only on episode three. But an eight and a half is a is a really good. Um, anything I'd say like eight and above, I would say is something that you should probably go out of your way to watch. Like a nine and above is something you must watch, and then a ten is like if you're if you are a wrestling fan and you haven't watched this, what the fuck are you doing? And the only match that I can think of at, at the top of the head, off the top of my head, that I would give a ten out of ten. Um, there are a few, but I'll give you one, uh, just so we don't go on too long. But uh, one match, I give ten out of ten. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, uh, either the WrestleMania matches, the first one or the second one, they're both ten out of tens. Uh, come at me, come at me. There's no fucking way that's not a ten out of ten match, man. That is one of the greatest matches I've ever watched. I've never been more invested in the near falls ever. Um, incredible match. Uh, but we're not talking about that match right now. Uh, we're talking about AEW. Uh, overall, it was an incredible show. I really, really dug AEW Dynamite this week. Fighter Fest is uh, just cruising along. This is excellent stuff. Uh, some highlights that I had written out was uh, Brody King versus Darby Allin. Uh, excellent match there. Barbed wire death match, obviously, is a, is a must-see, I'd say, this week. Uh, Lowlights, I got nothing, man. This was a really good show. There's nothing that I can really nitpick at. Nothing wrong with the show. This is a very good show. So if you're going to go out of your way and watch uh, a show, if you only have time for one, uh, go out and uh, check out AEW Dynamite, or at least check out this match because it was fucking tight. All right, and now we're moving on to Friday Night SmackDown, and that this is where shit starts to get real, just a little bit real. So we start out the show, and uh, Stephanie McMahon opens up the show. It's usually uh, a pretty bad thing when Steph comes out. Usually there's some sort of important announcement, and she comes out and talks about Vince McMahon uh, retiring from the WWE. Now there's a bunch of rumor and speculation and a whole bunch of stuff coming out. Um... All I've heard is um, that McMahon himself has just said that he's retiring from his age, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, a lot of people on the roster took this as a surprise. It was kind of an out of nowhere uh, for some of the guys on the roster. Some dudes on the roster really upset, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, she thanks everybody and everything. She gets the crowd to say thank you, uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, they were they seem to be a little bit reluctant, reluctant uh, saying thank you to Vince McMahon, uh, just because more than likely people are pretty aware of the rumors swirling around uh, Vince McMahon and the and the WWE right now. So they give him the thank you because I mean he did give us uh, some of the greatest moments. It's just that like. He's kind of been outdated for so long now. So, like, me personally, I'm just happy to see um, him go just because, like, he doesn't need to be... He hasn't needed to do this uh, for so long now. He's been, like... 
he's so old and just out of touch with everything. He's a very old school man. And uh, we're probably going to learn more about how old school he was, if you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, so um, I'm cool with Vinnie Mac. I'm looking more forward to uh, the future ahead with uh, with something different. We'll see who uh, ends up being in charge. We, I don't know yet. Um, it hasn't been announced as of me recording this. But, uh, yeah, it was a little, again, a little... Uh, a little awkward, but it was it was fine. Uh, then we get a Street Profits promo. Uh, they're pumping up the crowd for the SummerSlam match. Profits go absolutely insane on the hype up. It's it's fantastic. Theory interrupts them. Uh, he's going on and on about himself. Usos arrive. They're pissed off as usual. Usos and Profits go at it. Theory helps the Usos. Then Madcap Moss comes out. Uh, he jumps Theory. Brawl ensues. Super kick party for for them. Big old dive from Dawkins. It was a fuck yeah. That was such a sick dive. Uh, Dawkins has really been impressing me lately. He's really uh, starting to level up. Uh, Profits look like mutants. I'm loving them in this uh, segment. It's it, they were really really awesome. They're like had must have had like 12 cups of coffee or something. They're just in, they're just insane. Uh, I'm personally really hyped up for the match uh, at at a SummerSlam next weekend. Uh, Usos versus the Prophets. Uh, they're doing a really good job uh, building up some some decent storyline behind this match. They have a pretty good rivalry uh, rivalry going on. Uh, so yeah, I'm actually looking really forward to the match. Like I said in a previous show, I think this one's gonna honestly be one of the uh, steals of the of the whole SummerSlam. It should be really good. After that, we move uh, to a match, uh, Shinsuke versus Ludwig. Uh, Gunter is also coming out with Ludwig. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Ludwig throws Shinsuke into the stairs. Pretty nasty on the outside. Uh, really cool German suplex from Shinsuke. He, like, kind of uh, has uh, Ludwig in the ropes, and he, like, slides underneath him and, apply and does a German suplex th through the outside. It was really cool. Gunter yells at Ludwig, gets in Shinsuke's face. Gunter interrupts uh, the King Shasa. Ludwig kick, uh, kicks out of a roll-up. Shinsuke gets knocked, uh, gets absolutely clocked by Gunter. Ref didn't see it. Ludwig with a DDT for the W. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, I don't think it's really about Ludwig getting the win here, but I think we're building to a, uh, a Shinsuke versus Gunter... Uh, Intercontinental Championship match, hopefully for SummerSlam. I'm gonna let that sounds uh, awesome on paper as long as they let Shinsuke, uh, you know, go toe to toe with Gunter. Meaning that, like, I want, like, we see Gunter hitting people hard, and we know that uh, Shinsuke is capable of strong style. He's the king of it. So uh, I'm expecting that match to be hard hitting as long as we get it at uh, SummerSlam. Uh, but after that. Uh, Gunter was going to chop Ludwig. That's been like an ongoing thing for the last few weeks here. And uh, then he just pats him on the back. It's all good, baby. You did a great job. Good win. But uh, then he absolutely destroys him with a chop. Fucking great stuff. I'm love. I'm loving that right now. I feel really bad for Gunter though. That's uh, or not Gunter. Uh, he's doing great. But Ludwig, uh, that guy's chest. Goddamn. Every single week, he's getting absolutely just chopped to death. It's. It is entertaining, though. Uh, the match was all right. It wasn't, like I said, wasn't about the match, really. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, hopefully, a Shinsuke versus uh, Gunter match. It's going to be sick. Ronda Rousey and Liv have a chat. Uh, they talk about their SummerSlam match coming up. Liv was okay, but I actually enjoyed Ronda more in this uh, little 
uh, promo segment behind the behind the whatever not in the ring uh just she just seems more believable like but i said Liv was okay i mean she wasn't she's not bad she's just she still needs to do a bit more to win me over she's just but uh, not bad i just i thought ronda was good here then uh out of nowhere baron absolutely sparta kicks the fuck out of pat mcafee it was unbelievable it was just out of nowhere they're just chatting him and cole and then wham he just fucking kicks him so goddamn hard pat mcafee goes down really pretty good uh pat chases him in the back they scrap a little bit then they're separated uh that kick though was fucking hilarious it was absolutely out of nowhere it made me bust out uh, Pat runs back, and we get a promo from Pat McAfee. He says bum-ass Corbin like 83 times, but actually cuts a, a really good promo here. I think he was uh, actually legitimately pissed uh, at Baron Corbin from the way that he kicked him, because I, I swear to God, he did not pull that kick back. Uh, look it up if you can. It was very satisfying, and um, honestly, one of the best probably the best promo i've ever seen mcafee do uh because it seriously looked like he was actually pissed off and they're in boston so i mean he's kind of kind of got embarrassed right there in front of the the hometowns or uh, well not home i don't know if he's from there but he played there for a long time or an amount of time i don't know um great great stuff there though i love that i was dying uh, New Day is joining the commentary team here. Uh, they're handing out merch to Pat and Cole. Uh, they're just... Ugh, goddamn New Day, man. They're so funny. Uh, we get a tag team match here. Jinder and Shanky versus Viking Raiders. Uh, it's a squash match. Viking Raiders threw Jinder into the New Day. Jinder count, uh, counted out. Raiders win. Nothing match here. Uh, New Day pissed. But they were funny on commentary overall. But uh, yeah, they got... Uh, a whole bunch of gender in their laps there. They got, like, they fucking whipped them into uh, the New Day. It was funny. Uh, they're not cutting back tonight. I mean, you can already kind of tell uh, there's, like, a, d a difference in the show. Like, that McMahon's not here. It's, uh, I'm not going to lie. It was one of the better SmackDowns I've seen in a long time. So, you know, let's let's hope that continues. After that, we get Pierce, Adam Pierce, and Sonya Deville. They're talking. Uh, we get a match set up for later in the night. Uh, Sonya versus uh, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Honest to God, I liked Sonya Deville when she was like part of the the power force back there with Adam Cole or Adam Pierce, not Adam Cole. Um, I don't like Adam Pierce. I just think he's like too plain of a PR person. At least Sonya Deville had like that evil, uh, corrupted side, which was more compelling for television. I just enjoyed her a lot more. I wish they didn't fire her and instead fired Adam Pierce. Cause I I'm, I'm just not a fan of him. Okay. I just got to find where the fucks I was. Oh God. Okay. Pat did it commentary wow i went way out of focus okay there it is there it is okay here we go sheamus and crew come out sheamus is chirping boston i'm absolutely loving this uh i don't know if you know i am not a big fan of the boston bruins uh not so much of the people or the city of boston never been there uh just mostly the bruins and uh yeah mostly just the bruins i don't like but he's chirping he's chirping boston and i'm loving it because they're flipping out so i know there's a lot of bruins fans there so i know they're getting all riled up so it makes me happy uh, calls, uh, Drew, <laughs> calls Drew McIntyre McManus. It's, uh, okay. You know, it's out there. Uh, it, it is what it is. Drew shows up. Drew chases them around with his sword. They calm down. Even Butch. Butch is always going absolutely crazy. Always being held back by, uh, 
fuck, what's his name? The other dude that's there, not the one that's not Butch or Seamus. Uh, sorry, bro, I don't I don't remember your name right now. Uh, Butch calms down just a little bit. Uh, he gets pulled out of the ring so that Drew and Seamus can have a little a little talk. Uh, Drew McIntyre here is uh, absolutely calling out Roman Reigns in the promo. Uh, Drew says he wants to bring prestige back to the WWE title. It should be on a working champ. Um, that was a little spicy, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh shit, a little bit right there. Because he's throwing some shade there at Roman Reigns. Because a little bit lately, like I think it's kind of deserving because Roman's been a workhorse for quite a while here. But um, he's been toned back a little bit in the amount of matches. He, and he hasn't been showing up in every single pay-per-view. So uh, Drew kind of throwing, uh, like calling him a lazy champion right here. I thought it was uh, a good little shot here. So I like that. Uh, Drew wants a match right now, and Sheamus, are we going to get it? Are we going to get the match this week? Won't give a, nope, not going to give it to us this week. God damn it. I'm just, I want the match so bad. But instead, he says he wants an Irish Donnybrook match. No swords, but instead shillelaghs set for next Friday. If you don't know what a shillelagh is, a shillelagh, shillelagh, it's uh, like a big, it, well, these ones were quite big, uh, that's what she said, but these shillelaghs were qu pretty big. It's basically like, kind of think of like a wooden cane. It's just kind of like a stick with a hard wooden end, and you smack the shit out of people with it, at least in the WWE they do. So uh, no swords, instead we want it to be shillelaghs, and Sheamus grabs his big shillelagh. Oh fuck, I'm having a way harder time. I'm saying that than I thought it was going to. <clears throat> Drew McIntyre cuts his shillelagh in half. It's uh, it's a good save, but this is an awesome segment. Uh, promo from Drew was excellent. I love the shade throwing at Roman Reigns. Uh, probably some good foreshadowing there. And uh, Sheamus was working the shit out of the crowd, man. Like, the Boston crowd was all in on this. And he was, you know, he was like, oh, you want that match? You want that match? And then, nope. And then the crowd was just booing the shit out of him. It was just some masterful work, uh, crowd work there from Sheamus to Andrew McIntyre. I love this. After that, you get the Usos and Paul Heyman in the back room. They're talking strategy, and Heyman wants uh, he wants theory taken out tonight. Uh, they're going to be, that sounds just like the Joker. I'm just going to not do that. I'm just going to stop that. Uh, so the plan is uh, Theory is have is in a six-man tag with the Usos later in the night, and Paul Heyman wants him to be attacked to uh, soften things up for, for the bloodline in the future so that Theory hopefully doesn't make it to SummerSlam so he doesn't cash in on, on, on Roman Reigns. There you go. There you go. I got it. It's okay. And then we move into a match. Uh, we got the match. Uh, Raquel, Rod Ra Raquel Rod Rodriguez. God damn, I'm struggling with those R's. Uh, versus Sonya Deville. Uh, rough looking knee from Sonya. Rodriguez shows off some uh, impressive strength as always. She always shows off the, the big old strength. And uh, a pretty ugly looking headbutt. She was off by like three or four feet but whatever the camera saved it as much as they could uh sonya gets in some pretty snug kicks but uh doesn't matter raquel she hulks up and she hits the deadlift powerbomb for the victory uh pretty pretty okay match not much to say about that one uh after that we get Aliyah versus lacey evans so here we go third time's the charm are we gonna get these two fighting this time uh lacey evans comes out she throws a fan sign to the ground that was that was pretty good shit it looked like a legit fan not a planted one this time uh, Lacey rips into Boston again I just fucking love that shit and she doesn't blame Tom Brady leaving tears more into Boston I'm loving this and the crowd is just fucking losing it boo boo I was like I was like oh shit they brought up Tom they brought up Tom I'm not a big NFL guy but I know about Tom Brady and I was like oh shit there there it is there you go you don't bring up Tom Brady in Boston that's uh that's a tough spot uh but honest to god um 
after she rips more into Boston, uh, then she just knocks the fuck out of Lacey, or uh, knocks knocks out um, Aaliyah with uh, a punch, and then she just walks away. Wow. Um, honest to God, I'm actually really impressed here with Lacey Evans over the last little bit. She's winning me back. I'm really digging her uh, her, her versus the crowd uh, heel turn here. I'm, I'm really digging this stuff so far. This is great heel work by her, I'm not going to lie. Uh, maybe we'll get a match with her at some point versus uh, Aaliyah. <laughs> After this, we get J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Interviewed uh, in the back here. Uh, he's still looking good, baby. Real Jack coming in. Real Jack, baby, looking real good. Uh, he's still got nice lettuce. He's got. He's still uh, pretty buff. Not gonna lie, looking good. I was uh, still tan, of course, as always. Looking good. Double J. Uh, he's talking about the profits and the Usos. Uh, claims that he's going to call the match down the middle at SummerSlam. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, Jeff Jarrett never been known to be a down the middle fair kind of guy throughout his whole career, so uh, maybe again some foreshadowing uh, here. After that, we get uh, Max Dupree. Um, last week, he introduced that he's going to be bringing out a new person, Maxine Dupree. Uh, it's been reported, I've heard around, that Max Dupree is walking out of the company, or he walked out of this SmackDown, so he wasn't here. Uh, I, I believe he was supposed to be here, and he wasn't. So, uh, as far as I'm heard, as I heard uh, from my wife, from what she heard, and she likes to snoop around on the dirt sheets. I don't like to go on the dirt sheets that much, just because I don't like spoilers. Uh, yeah, I just like to go off on my own thing. I just watch it for me. I don't like to go on dirt sheets and stuff. But she sneaks around and she tells me stuff every now and again. And she told me that. Um, Max Dupree apparently was pretty upset that the McMahon retiring kind of came out of nowhere. He kind of would have appreciated a heads up or something. Uh, so apparently he walked out. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, and on top of that, I already thought that, like... Um, he looked pretty upset with his gimmick going on right now. And um, on top of that, you know, he lost his spot in NXT because they were going young and he's kind of an older guy. So I hope and I, I expect Max Dupree, a.k.a. L.A. Nutt, to uh, land on his feet because he's uh, excellent. He's at least, you know, would make an incredible manager. He's a very buff guy as well and his wrestling's solid. So I hope this guy lands on his feet wherever he ends up. If he ends up coming on back on SmackDown, I don't know. Um, so that's that, uh, Maxine Dupree is now basically, uh, I don't know if she, I, I don't know if she's new, new, or if she was someone, but she's Maxine Dupree now, and she's taking over for Max Dupree. So, uh, that's, it's probably going to be awful, but at least, I don't know, now there's a woman there and it's not LA Knight, so I don't have to feel so bad because I love LA Knight. Uh, after that, we move into the six-man tag. We got the Usos versus Theory. Or, uh, sorry, the te <laughs> it's basically versus Theory. Uh, Usos and Theory versus Profits and Madcap Moss. Uh, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, Usos argue right out of the gate with Theory. They're already, you know, we got the Usos plan to uh, backstab Theory here. Uh, we get a really nice dropkick out of Dawkins. I mean, goddamn, what a what a night he's having. Uh, very nice uh, crossbody splash from Montez Ford. You know, Street Profits tonight were just excellent. Uh, Montez Ford is on fire until he's absolutely bitch-slapped to the outside, then thrown over the barricade. Ford, hot tag to Moss. He's an animal. Uh, near fall on Uso, then super kick on Moss. Another near fall there. Jimmy goes to tag Theory, but... But uh, he try he leaves. Uh, but Jay stops him, gives him a kick in the mouth. Uh, they then the the Usos try to leave. Dawkins says no way. Montez with an absolutely gorgeous dive uh, over the ropes onto everybody on the outside. Beautiful, beautiful stuff there. 
Theory and Cap are now in the ring one-on-one. Theory deadlifts Moss into Fisherman Neckbreaker. It was a pretty... It looked scary at first, but he pulled it off. Uh, it did look kind of scary, though. He, he he powers him up. I mean, Theory is a very strong man himself. Just uh, look him up. He's like uh, a smaller John Cena, but I mean that in a compliment because John Cena's a uh, mutant, and uh, yeah, I think that's a compliment. Uh, Fisherman Neckbreaker, Moss takes over, but Theory throws his briefcase into, into Madcap's face. He gets DQ'd and then attacks uh, Madcap, and then out of nowhere, fucking Brock Lesnar arrives, and the crowd is going fucking banana, and so am I, because I heard that maybe I thought Brock Lesnar wasn't showing up to the show. I thought he also was supposed to have supposedly walked out, but boom, he comes out. This is why I don't read dirt sheets, folks, because because boom, I get a pop. I go crazy for Brock, Brock Lesnar coming out. He gives an F five to Theory, then beats the actual fuck out of him with his own brief with his briefcase. Like I'm seriously, like, he was whacking him. Like he was not holding back and getting smacked with uh, even if it's a gimmick briefcase. Uh, the way that Brock Lesnar was beating the shit out of him with that briefcase, uh, he's gonna be bruised up pretty good the next day. Theory is for sure. And then he F fives him uh, on the briefcase, cherry on top. Thank you very much. Uh, God damn. Uh, all, all in all, the tag team, the six-man tag and the segment were fucking great. Uh, overall, I'm giving that an 8 out of 10. Yeah, maybe I've given it a little boost because I didn't know Brock Lesnar was showing up and I thought he wasn't. Um, so I got a little extra out of that. But honest to God, the six-man tag was like really, really good, especially for... Um, for a WWE six-man tag, I thought all three men did a really good job here. Uh, fucking good shit. Uh, some highlights from the match. Honest to God, there's quite a few of them. Uh, Street Profits were great uh, in SmackDown tonight. Baron's Sparta kick to Pat was fucking hilarious. It had, it's so good. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, Sheamus and Drew segment was really good. Lacey Evans was solid. I really liked her heel promo. The six-man tag, like I just said, was ex was a was a really good match, and then the la- the with the Lesnar segment on top of that, uh, very good shit. And then I'm also going to, even though I don't like Boston that much, I'm going to give them their due. They were a really great crowd tonight. They were very loud and responsive. It made the show that much better. Uh, low lights, not a whole lot to say here. Maybe the Jinder and Viking Raiders squash match, but it wasn't like bad. That's just the only thing I, I can pull out of that, and it's not much. Uh, overall, it was a really good SmackDown, you know. Uh, so far, so good without uh, McMahon. Uh, I don't know if maybe he, this was his last uh, show that he wrote. I don't know. But um, I enjoyed the show. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, it was one of the better SmackDowns I've seen in a while, at least notably. I was a little baked, but like... Um, I get baked pretty often when I watch wrestling. I, I just got a kick out of the SmackDown, so fuck yeah. Uh, let's move on to Rampage. Uh, fuck, man. Rampage was great this week, too. I'm not going to lie. Uh, right out of the gate, you know, this this I'm going to say it over and over again. The show does not have a lot of fat on it. It's uh, usually straight to the action. Not a lot of talking, or if it is, it's quick segments, quick, segments, quick promo. Slow down. Okay, slow down, me. I'm just relax. You're good, baby. <laughs> I gotta. I've been trying to coach myself on some things. I've been noticing that I do. But uh, okay, let's continue. Uh, right out of the gate, we got Hangman plus Hungy Johnny Johnny Silver Johnny Hungy. I just call him Hungy because. I love to say Hungy. It's so good. I love his nickname. And they're going up against Butcher and the Blade here. Uh, Hungy is getting uh, getting his ass whooped up by Butcher and the Blade. He's just, you know, usually someone in the in the tag team match has got to go out there and get get whooped. And uh, Johnny Hungy's that guy. Hungy finally does get the hot tag to Hangman. Um, 
he's a house of fire here. Trips up a little bit on the dive. Uh, just he was fine, so it was all good. Uh, Butcher throws Hangman multiple times into the railing on the outside. Butcher and Blade take over here, and when I say he threw him multiple times, it was like six or seven times into the guardrail. Uh, can't feel very good. Hungy now with the hot tag. He's throwing it around wildly. Blade is bleeding out of nowhere. I didn't quite catch what, what uh, busted him open there, but he's bleeding pretty good here. Uh, had to be at some point when uh, Hungy came in because he was a house of fires, just like throwing his body around, th throwing his arms and legs. Um, so he must have caught Blade there with something and cut him open pretty good. Hangman and Butcher in the ring now. Hangman wants to uh, hit the buckshot. He fights off Blade. Hungy and Hangman with a nice combo here into the buckshot for the victory. Good opening match. It's a solid match. I really like the uh, the chemistry between uh, Hungy and Hangman, especially just because, well, I'm a big fan of Hungy and I like Hangman. And uh, I'm just waiting to see, like, what are we doing with, is Hangman ever going to join the Dark Order? Like, is this happening? Like, can we get uh, Hangman as the leader of Dark Order or something? Are we doing that? Are we going to do this? Oh, excuse me. After that, we get into another match. Right again, we got, uh, sorry, not another match. We got a Claudio, excuse me, Castanoli promo. Hey, Riblet, what are you doing, buddy? My cat just came in. His, I call him Riblet, like the like the rib, like the meat, you know, whatever. He's got a lot of nicknames. Don't worry about it. Uh, Claudio Castanoli promo, hyping up his match against uh, Gresham here for the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, I haven't, I as of this point, I'm, uh, I haven't seen the pay-per-view. Um, Claudio here has yet to win a world title in his career so far. I found that interesting. That means like we all know that he didn't catch it in the WWE. He never got he never got to the top of the mountain there. But I didn't know that he never caught any world titles either in the Indies. He has other titles, of course, um, but he's never caught a world title. So um, that's very interesting. Uh, it was a fine promo. Uh, I mean, Cesaro, Claudio has never been known for to be the strongest promo in the business, but he's fine here. It's not bad at all. I mean, he's adorable. I love his little accent de glue. Uh, after this, we move into another match. Dante Martin versus Lee Moriarty. This I was pretty excited for this one on paper. I was like, oh shit, this is going to be insane. It's going to be banana. They're going to be going crazy, baby. It's going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be crazy, crazy uh, springboard-related uh, moves and stuff. But, um... Let's just get into it. Okay, here we go. Uh, very nice front kick out of the gate from Dante. Uh, trading counters, trading holds, and hard shots. Jumping Huracurana off the top for by Dante. That shit was impressive. That kid's got a very nice vertical leap. And he pulls off a beautiful jumping Huracurana. Uh, Hathaway shows up on the stage. This Hathaway guy bugs me. I didn't like him in WWE. And I don't like him here. Uh, backflip. Dodge by Dante, and after that we get a fake 619 by Lee. Very impressive stuff here, just showing off the athleticism of these two guys. Submission by Lee, Dante fights out into Wicked Maneuver. Fall up, uh, sorry, roll up counter into another roll up for Lee. He holds the ropes, Aubrey doesn't see it, and uh, boom, Lee steals a match here. He gets the, he gets the hands on the rope there, which is uh, cheating if you didn't know. Uh, Aubrey doesn't see it. Uh, just quickly on Aubrey, since I haven't talked about her ever yet, I love her. She's a fantastic referee. And uh, speaking of referees, I hate Bryce Brinsberg. I think he's the one of the worst referees in the game. Um, 
just quickly, I don't know anything about him personally or human-wise. He might be a really good guy. And I know he gets ribbed on uh, commentary sometimes by Chris Jericho. I don't know if that's just, you know, Chris Jericho being Chris Jericho, just punching jabs. But my big problem with him is that he is, like, he tries to be the focus whenever he's wrestling or uh, refereeing a match, which is the opposite that you want to do if you're a good referee. You want to be invisible on screen as much as you can. You should not be noticed on screen when the other wrestlers they're the performers not you you're the referee uh so that's just I just a little uh grinds my gears a little grind my gears over here fucking bryce Bins- brinsburg bro i hate that fucking guy hey bryce brinsburg stop being the center of attention you're not a wrestler okay i'm just uh stalling for time so i can find out where the fuck i was okay here we go hold on nope okay we're good um Good matches. Uh, I thought it was a good match, uh, but I w- I was expecting a little bit more high flying, considering these guys are both kind of high flyers. But it was still good. It was a still good match. Nothing wrong with it. I just I thought it was going to be a little crazier. But uh, who's to say that these guys aren't going to fight again? I would like to see more out of them. After that, Matt, Matt Seidel calls out Lee for cheating. So looks like they're going to be setting up for a match next week, or Matt Seidel calls him out for a match. So they're going to be fighting sometime next week. After that, we get uh, Jamie Hader and. Uh, Dr. DMD Britt Baker versus Dam Dambois Dambois I'm not really sure her name Ashley Dambois and uh, Sky Blue in a tag team match uh, out of the gate Britt Baker's really roughing up Sky Blue here for a while like a while like it was uh, some roughing up and then like you know slow it down and then like more roughing up there's just you know roughing her up you know getting in her face Britt Baker doesn't you know she she's she's mean bitch she's mean bitch she mean Bennett uh, she finally does get a tag to Ashley, but uh, it's no good. Hater shuts her down, and Brick are just too and uh, Brick Brit are too much for her. Interesting uh, butterfly suplex thing, oddly off of the weird rope, but then she just like jumps off. It was just a little weird. It was interesting. I, I said it was interesting, but it was actually kind of weird. Uh, but it happened. It was a butterfly suplex, so cool. Uh, followed by a hard shot from Hater into a lockjaw. It's over. It was pretty much it was a basically a squash match here. So. Uh, I enjoyed it though. It was an entertaining squash match, so there it is. Even their squash matches in uh, in AEW and Rampage are entertaining. Uh, after this, we get the mm, oh baby, this is good stuff here. Check this out. We get the rap battle time. It's rap battle, baby. Caster versus the Gun Club, and uh, I'm not gonna say too much about it because you you just have to do yourself uh, do yourself a favor and go watch this. It was excellent, uh, but surprisingly, it was a good rap from the Guns. You know, a lot of people probably would have expected it to be like laughably bad. Uh, but it was actually pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. They came out of the gate swing and I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Has anyone ever watched uh, Yo Mama back on MTV way back in the day? I think it was fucking hosted by Will Valderrama, uh, better known as Fizz from uh, that 70s show. It didn't last very long, but I used to watch it and it was just uh, reminded me of that for some reason. That's a that's a deep cut. Uh, but Caster came back firing and like he had me up in stitches as well. Uh, breaks out, uh, sorry, then a fight breaks out. Guns get the last laugh here. They, they beat down, uh, Max Caster, but, uh, yeah, just an unreal segment overall. Eight and a half out of ten for a segment. There's no match, but for a segment, this was, uh, some good shit. Do yourself a favor, go check that shit out. After this, we get to the main event. Uh, before that, the Jay Lethal and Christopher Daniels have their little interview with Mark Henry that Mark Henry does every week. I just got to say, it's... it's um, my wife and I, every time Mark Henry says, uh, well, I guess it's been enough talk. It's time to wrestle or whatever his catchphrase is. We always look at each other. We're like, 
god damn it mark like i don't know if i love it or i hate it or it's just so cheesy that it's good kind of deal but they do the thing and then we get the match jay lethal with his crew versus christopher daniels uh there's a ton of wrestling wrestling history between these two christopher daniels has been in the business for like 25 years i've been i've first saw him like early into my impact uh tna days uh way back that's where i first saw him and jay lethal for that fact uh didn't follow them very much throughout the indies uh i was aware of jay lethal more so throughout his indie run because i'm a huge macho macho man fan and so he did the 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 macho man gimmick and he still holds uh does a few of the macho man things now so i like jay lethal quite a lot here but he's the heel uh christopher daniels is the baby face he's trying to defend uh samoa joe's honor because <clears throat> sorry jay lethal is fighting samoa joe this weekend for the ring of honor television championship uh so they're building up some heat there it's gonna be a fucking sick match i i have no question about that uh so the match kicks off we get a perfect dive by lethal lands on his feet beautiful stuff flawless this guy's done it a million times i guarantee uh drop kick another perfect dive by lethal just uh showing off his skills right here sanjay dutt is out there he attacks uh daniels on the outside sanjay dutt man oh fuck i i was taken aback because i he was another one of those older uh tna guys that i used to watch all the time in the old x division i i was a, i like sanjay dutt back then but here he is now he's like a manager uh with jay lethal he's pretty entertaining not gonna lie he's not bad after that we get uh lethal's in full control here like full control he's kicking the shit out of daniels daniels trying but he's just like absolutely outclassed in this match hard uppercuts uh by lethal lethal tries a muscle a muscle buster here and uh, it's no good daniels fights out daniels hits a knee trying to get it going here uh he, he does manage to hit a blue thunder bomb i love that move so much it's beautiful everyone sammy Zayn when he does it yum yum love that move so much uh we get a near fall for christopher daniels lethal can't hit hail to the king which is his uh version of the macho man uh elbow drop beautiful beautiful elbow drop he has it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous uh, they trade counters, but Jay hits lethal injection for the victory. After the match, we get Sanjay and uh, I can't remember his first name, but Singh. He's the very big guy. He used to play in the NBA. I don't know how successful he is. I never saw him in the NBA personally, um, but he's a massive guy. And when like just comparing him to almost in the WWE, like this dude is bigger, more impressive looking. He's a better athlete. He moves better um you know he's he's more convincing on the mic because like he just doesn't talk very much and uh yeah i like him as a big man they they utilize him a lot better than how wwe is using almost right now i must say okay so where were we here uh after that so sanjay and and singh are attacking daniels lethal applies joe's sleeper hold to daniels uh the, the coquina clutch uh so he's choking out Christopher Daniels here, uh, great heat here going into uh, Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal this weekend. I'm looking forward to this match. I just want to see fucking Samoa Joe fight. I want to see him kick some ass. I want to see Samoa Joe win because I didn't get to see enough of Samoa Joe win when he was in the WWE. It was fucking ridiculous. Uh, uh, match was good over. Match was basically a squash match, but another good squash match. Like there was a little bit of fight out of Christopher Daniels, but. I'd say 85% of the match was all just Jay Lethal time. It's just the Jay Lethal show. Good stuff here. I'll say it again. No fat on this show. Everything was good. Uh, even the squash matches were fine. They were entertaining. They weren't just like, you know, in and out, five seconds in and out. It, there was at least a, a little bit of fight in the opponents. 
um, good or great matches. But uh, Defs, check out the rap battle, man. It's the it was the highlight of the show. Honestly, I uh, it was a very very funny segment, man. I, I enjoyed myself with that very much. So we have ourselves another very solid um, rampage. A another great week for AEW as a company. And uh, honest to God, SmackDown did really good. Uh, NXT and uh, Raw were kind of meh. Uh, not that big of a deal, so let's get right into it. Let's get to everybody's favorite segment. It's the three stars of the week. Uh, I just want to quickly give one honor- honorable mention. I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna try my best not to give out honorable mentions. Honorable mentions every single week. Uh, only if something I feel like you really should watch. If we had a big week, we just happen to have a big week this week. So I'm just gonna give one honorable mention out there to. Um, well, basically it's a two and one. But all of Rampage, it's a cop out again. I don't want to do that either. I'm not gonna give like full shows a three star because I feel like that's too easy. Like I could have easily just said Rampage third star because like the whole show was solid. I don't think you know you get that individual appreciation for for someone or some particular match or performer. Uh, I just think it's better if I just pick a match or a particular person or a segment. So I am picking uh, all of Rampage was worth watching, I'm not going to lie. But especially, like I said just a moment ago, go check out that rap battle. It was good shit. It's not long, so it's it's quick and easy. All right. So third star of the week is going to Brody King. Welcome back. Uh, starting to get a pattern here already. This Brody King guy is, uh, I'm starting to fall in love with this guy. I'm not going to lie. But his match versus Darby Allen this week on Dynamite was really good shit. Uh, worth a third star from me this week. Go check it out. And uh, if you did see it this uh, this week, what do you think? Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to know. Uh, second star this week was the six-man tag, and I'm throwing in the Lesnar beatdown on top of that because it kind of went with the segment, went with the whole theory thing, and it was just fucking awesome. I went banana for Brock Lesnar coming out. It just fucking blew me away. I thought, I, like I said, I didn't think he was supposed to be there. And the tag team match for and was really solid. I really actually enjoyed the six-man tag. I'm really hyped up for the Usos versus Street Profits. Profits, uh, Profits are hitting a new level right now, and I love their chemistry with the Usos. I can't wait for this match i just hope for no shenanigans please no shenanigans just give us a nice clean match and i'm rooting for um rooting for the profits here man i think this is this is their time uh this SummerSlam, they're gonna get that shit done man and of course i think this is obvious uh first star of the week is going to chris jericho versus eddie kingston and the barbed wire everywhere Deathmatch, holy fuck, on Dynamite. That match was insane. The fact that we got that on free TV this week, yeah, it, it lost a little bit of points because it was because it was on free TV. But you know, for the wrong reasons, I'm taking points off just because the commercial breaks kind of took away from the hot momentum of the match that you wouldn't have gotten if it was on pay per view. So, but it, it didn't take any like not a point five or anything. It would have gotten. It was tearing on that nine, but I feel like they've had better matches in the past. And uh, but it was still a fantastic match, a must watch. Uh, go out there, check out this match. It was really good. Uh, yeah, dude, that is my uh, three stars of the week. Uh, if you guys have a three stars of the week, make sure you go down to the descriptions below. Uh, you'll find uh, all the links to the Twitter. Uh, you can email the podcast if you'd like. If you don't have Twitter, that's fine. Uh, you can e- you can go on my YouTube channel. That'll be down there in the link as well. Uh, make sure you go check out the YouTube channel because there's an ongoing Let's Play series, me playing Resident Evil 7. It's fucking terrifying. I'm not going to lie. I'm not just trying to give you spark words i'm terrible at, at horror games and it's literally one of the one of the scariest games i've ever fucking played and you might call me a snowflake for that but you know what you know what 
fuck you, fuck you. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Understand. I understand. Some people are really good at uh, horror games, and good for you, man. Good for you. But you know what it does for me? It makes uh, my my let's play a little bit more entertaining because I legitimately am uh, legitimately am fucking terrified. So I'd really appreciate if you guys go check out my YouTube channel. Uh, check out that let's play. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe if you aren't subscribed to me there already. Make sure you hit the five-star button or rate this podcast. Uh, I'm not telling you have to say five-star. Just rate it what you think it is. Be fair. And if you have any cr- constructive criticism, I'm all ears, man. Like, I, I have listened to this podcast. I have to listen to myself because I personally am probably my hardest critic. Uh, I know it's a risk saying that uh, to the internet because people can be very harsh on the internet. But I am, I'm pretty hard on myself and I'm, I, I am making sure that I am... Um, checking myself before I wreck myself as it is and uh, I want to improve as much as I can with the podcast as we get going so you know I feel like we're on a pretty good start I could definitely improve some things but if you guys notice anything that I can improve on uh, absolutely let me know again all the links are down below Uh, you can leave me a message leave a message again uh, i'm trying to build a community here on on twitter of just people that happen to have the same kind of um passions and loves for wrestling hockey and video games that i do and i even like movies man like don't be shy if you like movies and music too absolutely like come on into the pool man water's fine i'm cool i'm a cool chill guy man i i yeah man but uh, on a serious note on a serious note uh thank you guys so much for listening uh, i hope you enjoyed episode three i can't wait for next week it's gonna be a big week everybody big week we got SummerSlam coming up and i uh, just want to mention a couple things i have been watching the g1 climax i don't have the time to keep keep up with that because it's a fucking like month long and I believe it's literally a month long tournament that goes every single day if I'm not mistaken I'm new to the G1 Climax but I'm, I've am i watched what I can and I just want to say that Will Ospreay is one of my favorite fucking guys uh, lately I'm pretty new to Will Ospreay uh, slap me if you want I know it might be a little voodoo but I'm giving him his props right now I've, I've watched him in like five or six matches now over the last like six months stolen my heart stolen my heart I love him I love him so much so uh um, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him here in the G1 so far. I haven't seen everybody competing, but if I had to pick someone off, off the top of my head right now, Will Ospreay, he's so fucking good, dude. He's so good. Um, the other thing, the other thing. Uh, yes, uh, Death Before Dishonor is this weekend. Uh, it's I'm not going to include it in this podcast. I'm going to watch it if I have time. And, you know, I'm putting out a lot of content right now, y'all. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm a little... I'm a little tapped out. Not really. T- I'm not tapped out. That's crazy. I, I'm actually loving this, but um, I may just want to just sit back and uh, maybe not do a full in-depth review, but I'm going to watch it. And if I, I'm going to, you know, be paying attention to it. So if I notice any really good matches there, I'll give it a quick uh, review maybe on, and I'll, we'll just throw it in maybe next week, or I'll just drop a quick 10, 15, 20 minute podcast and you guys can uh, check that out. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to end the show now. So thank you everybody for watching. Uh, Like I said, if you need to follow, do anything, please join our community down below in the links. Thank you. Love.